everybody. Welcome back to Lipstick and Lightsabers. I am Shannon. And I'm Alex. And today, thank God, we have news on the Kenobi series and not just news. We got so much content. (laughs) (laughs) They really said um, it's time to start marketing this show. They really did. And thankfully, they didn't do it right after we dropped an episode. They did it at the perfect time so we could actually talk about it. Well, they did it during the investors call. Yes. Uh, But before we get into that, uh, we do obviously have recommendations. So it's weird with the Rex right now because when this episode comes out, we will both have seen more of these things. But as of right now, I have watched The Batman and Turning Red and Alex hasn't yet. And Alex has seen the <laughs> end of Marvelous Mrs. Maisel and I haven't yet. I'm, I'm see like the day that we're recording right now, I'm watching Turning Red tonight. Yes. So I will have seen it, but I have to wait a whole week to see Batman. I'm very excited. Yeah, you're going to love Batman. I saw Batman last night and it is a very long movie, but... It's paced so well. That's not everyone says. It's like, oh, it doesn't feel like it's three hours. Yeah. Well, like, <laughs> I was reminded that this movie started shooting, like, before the pandemic. And so for a movie that, like, normally when this happens, like, oh, shooting had to pause, or we had to do this, we had to do that. Like, the movie comes out as a mess. This is, like, the furthest thing from a mess. Yeah. Like, this is the antithesis of Rise of Skywalker, But Bruce Wayne is a mess, though. Oh, he is so, like, Robert Pattinson really said Edward Cullen, but make him Batman. I love that. (laughs) I am, like, that's so exciting. Yeah. And I love, so, like, Zoe um, Kravitz said that, you know, she plays Catwoman as bisexual. And, like, it shows. That's so good. And Taylor Swift loved her performance, too. Yes. Listen, like... Catwoman is a reputation girly. I really think Taylor should write a Catwoman song. Like, something inspired by her. That would be so cool because, like, Tolerate It was inspired by Marriage Story. Like, it's not like she's not inspired by movies that she watches. It's kind of like, you know, for me, like, as an artist, I see a movie that I really like and I get inspired to draw fan art from it. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like the same thing as her, like... Her artistry. <laughs> so, have you heard? You've heard like the emo song. I think it's called like "In the Way." It's like on all the TikTok sounds that plays with Batman. It almost sounds like a Nirvana Probably. song. You yeah. know what I'm talking about? So <gasps> he, he listens to that song. He blasts it in the Batcave. Oh my gosh! So, how did you feel about the Giacchino score? Like, do you think that I it was liked good? it? I yeah. like it feels like a thriller Ooh. and I think it what's great about it is that like it does feel like a comic book movie but more than anything it feels like a thriller like a mob thriller but one guy is just super weird and dresses <laughs> up like a the superhero yeah and like everybody looks at him like what the heck is wrong with this guy it's, like, he walks into crime scenes and, like, looks around and all the cops are like, um, you can't touch that. And he just, like, ignores them. And he just, like, will, he's such an emo shy boy. Oh, my God. I will say I'm not a Batman person at all. Oh, you will be I've now. I've seen, well, I've, well, I've seen, um, the first two Nolan films. That's all I had ever seen. So then last week I ended up watching Batman Returns and... Batman and Robin. Batman and Robin is such a ride. Have you seen, no, but have you seen Batman Returns? Uh, because it was really enjoyable. I That's Tim Burton's know. second Batman movie. And oh. Catwoman is like the main character. I kept on like comment, like thinking throughout this whole mo- this Batman Returns is that it was not a Batman movie. Like Batman was not the main character of that movie. Oh, then and I, I don't felt think I've like, seen it then. Like, he was obviously in it, but, like, Catwoman was, like, the star of this movie. And, oh. obviously, the Penguin. Um, Danny DeVito plays the Penguin in that version, and it is uh, unhinged. Yeah. It's... I'm really excited that there's going to be a sequel, um, especially because, you know, Druig <laughs> will be in it. Unnamed Arkham uh, prisoner 
is how he's built. He has a really good smile. Like, he has the face for it. I just, like, the way Batman plays off the Riddler is very, very interesting. So I think it'll be really, really cool. Uh, But also... Turning Red. Listen, the Batman and Turning Red, these movies were made for the girls. They are not for the boys. Neither one of them are for the boys. They are both for the girls. You'll know what I mean when you watch it tonight. Because Turning Red is, it, she gets, you know, the the red peony, blo- or the, the red poppy blooms, hormones are raging, puberty is happening. I will say I'm excited for all the Canada stuff. Because I feel like this is really special that we have this, like, big, like, you know, this big Pixar movie that takes place in Canada. Like, when, how often do big blockbusters actually take place in Canada? Never. They're shot in Canada, Never. and then they're like, no, it's somewhere yeah. else. <laughs> it's New York, it's um, it's Seattle, it's this, and it's always, like, Vancouver or Montreal or Toronto where it's shot. So it's really exciting. I've seen, like, images of, like, Timbits in the movie, and I'm really excited for that. Yeah, the mom has a moose bobblehead in her car. <laughs> it's it's very, very cute. I just, I really, really loved it. It was adorable. Like, the main squad is so cute. We love Sandra Oh in this yes. house. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I will say, there are some furry moments that are, like, interesting takes i mean but you probably you enjoyed it oh yeah i mean i loved the movie it was so good did i enjoy specifically the furry stuff um it made me feel weird (laughs) but i still it was it was very very good all right tell me about the mazel finale i'm gonna watch it tonight i'm gonna watch it tonight you know like what we like about fix when it's like angst like they is like good it's like yes (laughs) they're like i don't want to say anything without giving it away but like there's a specific like way we like our fix yes with angst okay and i think the finale does it perfectly but it's not milo no i uh, okay i'll speak a little bit on milo he shows up immediately in episode seven like immediately immediately mm-hmm. um he is in five minutes Aww. of the episode <laughs> um and it's somewhat of it's like not that important but at the same time like it's an interesting angle to give midge and the reason why it goes so quickly is because it's like flashbacks. Okay. It's like memories almost. Okay. Like it's shown through memory. So that's why there's so many outfits. Okay. Um, Yeah. So there's a lot of outfits. He looks great. I think he has two sentences. (laughs) Wow. I mean, they really hyped him up. (laughs) Listen, like, I think that had he not been hyped up, I wouldn't have been, like, disappointed. disappointed because there were so many other cameos this season that were Gilmore Girls alumni. Like, we didn't know that the actress who plays Emily Gilmore was going to be in this Yeah, season. Kelly Bishop. And she's in, like, so, one like, scene. I don't understand why they have to tell us about Milo. <laughs> yeah, they really, like, buried the lead she, there. I've heard it, like, she has more speaking lines than Milo does. Wow. Um, I mean, I'm not surprised, but... Like, it's good looks. He looks good. It's fine. It's fine. But, like, ships still... It, it's good to know... Things. It's good to know that he's still, like, in her contacts. You know? Yeah. She like, can she just can pick call him up and call him. And be like, um, can you be this character that's in five minutes of the show and has, like, two lines? And he's like, yeah. Yeah, of course. Like, that, that speaks to their good relationship. Yes. I think. Like, I'm, I'm here for that. Like, he's still very much a Gilmore girl. My question, so they're, so I saw a video of them filming season five of Mar- Marvelous Miss Maisel, which is the last season. So that means the Paladinos will be free to do other things. I wonder what their next project will be. 
And I just want them to go back to Gilmore Girls, do another year in the life. That'd be so amazing. Please. I, f- I really think that they might try like i don't think they'd ever like go back to bunheads but i wonder if they'd try to like do something like that again like that'd be really interesting you can watch bunheads now yeah it's on disney plus in canada i'm not sure about in the states no um hulu maybe maybe when i watched it i had to buy it on amazon but that was like years ago okay so but yeah i I definitely want to watch it I think that they really shine when they're able to not censor themselves at all. Like yes. with Maisel, like you can really tell that there were certain things that they wanted to push on Gilmore Girls that they, that they couldn't because it was on the CW, and you know it was for the most part child friendly. Yeah, um, and I think um, Bunheads did suffer just a little bit from being on ABC Family, and I yeah. think that they had like too many ideas and they did it all in one season like you'll see that (laughs) um then obviously nothing ever comes of it because they don't have any more episodes so and it's so great that like you see the theme of like censorship in Maisel like it is like a theme of the show and I love to see that they they have that freedom to be uncensored now so beautiful Okay, but moving into the news. So, um, first big update we got was Star Wars Celebration. So, tickets officially going back on sale. It is still happening. Um, It's going to open March 15th, which I believe is the day that this episode comes out. Uh, So, if you were still wanting to get tickets, you will be able to at that time. Um, The big thing for me, um, and I think for you as well, because we've kind of been watching this, So they will require proof of full vaccination for ages five and up. Yeah. I'm surprised. I'm, like, blown away. I am very happy, but I am very surprised. I emailed them, what, like a month or two ago? Yes. Um, And I said, I basically asked them what the deal was with mask mandates and... Um, vaccine and I told them personally that I felt more comfortable everyone vaccinated everyone masked and I was hoping that they would give me more information and they said well we have our mask mandate that was on the website by the way like the mask mandate was on the website but there was also fine print that says that things were subject to change so it didn't feel like concrete enough for me so they answered me saying that they would get out information about restrictions and stuff soon. So then this happened, and I'm very surprised. Mm-hmm. Um, people are big mad. Well, naturally, Espe- especially on Facebook and Instagram. I don't like. I'm not seeing as many of the negative comments. I think on Twitter, but like Facebook and Instagram, like people are mad. And to be perfectly honest, those aren't those are the types of people that made me really nervous about going Mm -hmm. i saw like a really common thing that people were mad about on facebook was that children don't get the option true like parents who were like wanting to bring their kids and being like well my kid's seven and i opted out for for the kid not to get vaccinated because i wasn't comfortable with that and, like, I wish there was a testing option for children kind of thing. That I can see. Because, like, it's only under five can just yeah. get, like, a negative test. Yeah. But um, I feel happy that I'm going to feel safe. Yeah. And it, and it still ha- they still have the, the mask mandate at all times while inside. That makes me feel so much that. better about going to panels. <laughs> I love that. Yes. <laughs> And I got N95 masks specifically for this trip, too, so I'm feeling good about that. Hopefully, by then, Canada will drop some of their testing. Yeah. Like, I mean, the thing is, is I'm going to mask in the convention center no matter what, obviously, because it's a rule at the convention. But I would feel a lot more comfortable, you know, not worrying about getting um, stranded in the U.S. Yes. (laughs) If Canada dropped their testing requirement, because at this point the testing requirements not really doing anything no and that would be it'd be a lot more relaxing for you not to have to worry about going and getting a test and all of that as well yeah Um, thankfully some people in our group are going to have a car so that'll Mm -hmm. help a little bit because like that's the other thing that sucks is like walgreens is actually a really 
great place to go get tested. I've had a lot of experience, good experience doing that, but it's a drive through. So unless you have a car, it's not convenient. Yeah. But along with all of that, um, they have also already opened the merch store. I am very happy that it, it got pushed to the point where now we're celebrating the 20th anniversary of Attack of the Clones. Yeah, it worked out. I love this vibe. Like, But I mean, like, if we had had a con in 2020, if there was no pandemic, we would have probably still had a celebration this year. In 2022. Yes, I agree. Yeah. We would have still gotten, you know, Empire Strikes Back along with Attack of the Clones. But Attack of the Clones is just like chef's kiss camp i don't like sand it's just amazing pocketbook so many good things <laughs> i'm not super impressed with the store yet no i like yeah i i wanted to want the trio shirt yes i wanted to want it yeah but i didn't really want it i i so like I'm the pens but i don't want to yeah. spend 60 dollars for three pens maybe you'll be able to trade some if you're able to get other pins and then trade, I don't know. Well, I imagine that they're going to do, like, blind packs again. Yeah. And also, like, even in the women's sizing, the smallest size they have is small, and I kind of wish they had extra small. But then also, they didn't have kids' shirts. Yeah, no, I agree. I feel like their options are just kind of yeah. limited. I kind of like the um, logo for the Attack of the Clones anniversary, the yes. one with the clone helmet. But I was like, I kind of wish there was kid sizing for this or like an extra small women's. Because I, I, I also kind of like like the men's cut for those shirts too. Yes. But I would have it would have been too big for me, so I didn't end up getting it. Yeah. I, I think I still might get like the, you know, Celebration 2022 because mm-hmm. those I just like to collect and have. Uh, I kind of wish that, so like the, it was all going to be white for 2020. I kind of wish that they had gone with a different color for 2022, but I guess I get it. We're so close. Like I, so this was my spring break. And when I, my last day back at my old job was on Thursday and I'm like, oh, I guess I'll be back, you know, when the school year's over. And they're like, oh yeah, is that like, you know, the first week of June, last week of May. And I'm like, oh, no, I'm going to be gone last week of May. So, like, it's it's coming up. <laughs> well, we have to book dining in a week and a half. So, like, the bars and stuff that we're planning to go to, mm-hmm. like, Oka's and, like, all that. We got to do that those reservations soon. It's coming up. It is coming up. So our last bit of news before we get into the big stuff with Kenobi is um, some updates on the Don't Say Gay bill. And Alex, you've been following this pretty closely. Yeah. So, like, I've just been, I've been trying to follow it pretty closely, like, especially from, like, the artist's point of views. I obviously, like, I don't work for the Disney company or anything, but I'm, I'm in animation. I'm, like, involved in that sphere kind of thing. So I just wanted to make sure that I was following the news pretty closely um basically i don't think we brought this up last time we recorded i don't, I don't think, think so it was, it was a big thing yet um so florida had a bill pass that basically um prevents um teachers is it teachers from yes speaking to elementary age children about um, gender and about um, sexualities and, like, all that, basically. It comes out that Disney, the company, has given donations to numerous politicians who made this bill happen. And the Disney company fumbled its way so badly its response to this. Basically, um, a lot of creators started making videos explaining that they just, they basically just wanted Chapek and the company to say that they will pull funding from those people in the future and that they will do better kind of thing. But um, the first, the first thing that Chapek had to say basically was the way that we advocate for LGBTQ plus community is we make content and so people were really unhappy with that because of course there is a lot more that a big company like disney could be doing to actually make a big difference um so 
People were really upset by that. As they should be. It was a horrible statement. It was, it was horrible. Um, things like um, boycott Disney were trending. Things were not looking so good. And we were a couple of days out from the investors call. Basically, he there was a lot of like he said, she said going on where JPEG was like, I have a meeting with Ron DeSantis. And Ron DeSantis was like, no, he doesn't. He's making that up kind of thing. Um, so brings us to yesterday where yesterday being Friday, um, JPEG does another statement, I'm assuming written just by a better lawyer or better PR team <laughs> this time, um, basically saying that they will review um, all like political donations. They are pulling out all donations from Florida at this moment so that they can review where, where the money is going. I don't really know what it means. It's better than it was before. Um, I don't know. Well, like, what got me when he was saying that, like, oh, we can't be political, so we just show our, you know, our love through our content, it felt so, like, demeaning, the way they would say yeah. it. And it's it's almost like they were saying, you know, like, we can't be homophobic. Look, we made Love, Victor. Like, you know? <laughs> yeah, and, like, the other funny thing about all those shows that he mentioned were, like, they weren't even during his time. No. Like, he's like, Modern Family. We did great with Modern Family. And I'm like, mm, no, y- you weren't involved with Modern Family. Well, and then, like, but okay. who, which studio came out and said, like, you know, they stop us at, like, every turn. Pixar. Yeah, Pixar. So, uh, an internal an internal statement or memo within Pixar got leaked, and Variety posted that. Basically, a lot of disgruntled employees at Pixar because a lot of their stories have been, you know, canned because they're queer stories, or a lot of scenes have been censored. And you know what? Like, I'm not surprised about this. Like, no. I, could you imagine, like... For example, like Luca uncensored, I think would have been a different story. Yes. I I think like especially with Pixar, like the big thing was Luca. Or onward also. Onward, yes. And I think even outside of Pixar and Disney Animation, like Raya was supposed to be oh, yeah. a queer story. Yeah, for sure. Like it, and even <laughs> Kelly Marie Tran, yeah. she was like, I don't care what you say, like Raya's gay. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's like, it's such a slap in the face to um, all the hardworking employees within the company because, like, there are so many queer employees. Like, how disappointing that is, you know, like working for the Disney company, which is like a dream for a lot of them. And I've seen a lot of, of their personal stories, like, on Twitter and everything saying, like, you know, like, I love my job. I love the people that I work with day to day. And that was, like, a common theme is, like, I love the people around me, but I don't like what this company is saying about me and, like, about, you know, my rights as a human, right? Um, I think it's time for Disney to stop being run by out-of-touch individuals. (laughs) Like, they're just so out-of-touch. And I don't think a Disney CEO has ever been this hated. (laughs) No. I, like, I know Eisner was hated. I know Eisner was hated towards the end, but, like, wow. Like, I don't... It's bad. JPEG has really, really done it. Well, with that being said, let's move into Kenobi. My excitement for Kenobi, even though Star Wars keeps burning us, (laughs) I am so excited. (laughs) Me too. And I will say that I think that I trust Deborah Chow. Yes. I think. I think I trust her. <laughs> I, I I think. I'm glad. So, because she's directing every episode, right? Yes. I I am going to say this. I'm glad that Dave Filoni is not directing any episodes. Yeah. Because listen, and Dave is great. And involved in writing. He's not writing anything. Filoni um, and Favreau. They have their hands off this one. Yes. Which I'm excited to see because we haven't seen that with the live action yet. No, we haven't. It's really exciting. And I guess like the next show that will be like that is The Acolyte. Ooh, yes. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Yeah, because Filoni and Favreau have their hands on everything else. <laughs> <laughs> well, we had a very good morning to us with 
Obi-Wan releasing a trailer and an EW article. Um, he's on the cover. He's got the spread. It's amazing. I also need to give a quick shout out to Bridgerton, which also had a trailer drop that day. <laughs> and I was like... You were eating uh, so it was well. Like, <laughs> it was like sensory overload. Yes. <laughs> Um, I think I was at work and I was like, wow, this is amazing. Back to what I was doing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So let's start with the trailer. Uh, Beautiful trailer. Amazing. First of all, first thing we see in this trailer, Obi-Wan Kenobi wearing a poncho, riding a camel or whatever those are called. Tori knows Uh, what those are called. She said what they were called and I don't remember. Aren't they like Iopis or something? Something. Apparently they've been in Star Wars before. Yeah, and from what I understand, so um, the Kenobi book from Legends, he had one, and his name was Rue. Oh. So people, I'm pretty sure that's the case. If I'm wrong, please oh, don't get mad at me. So in the article, um, the picture, Life in the Slow Lane, <laughs> is him <laughs> with this, yeah, Eopi, something mm-hmm. like that. Um, that sounds right, Eopi. Yeah. And I do like this because we do know that Obi-Wan has a very special, like, connection with animals. He does. I like that they're bringing that back in. That's so cute. I hope he gives this one a name. Apparently, its name in Legends was Rue. Specifically, Obi-Wan's EOP's name was Rue. Aww. Um, so, it'll be interesting. Maybe, maybe they'll give him that name. That's really I cute, though. I like when they kind of tie in Legends a little bit. That's kind of fun. Yeah. So then we get um, his voiceover. So Obi-Wan Kenobi saying, the fight is done. We lost. Angst right off the bat. So much angst. Well, and like, I guess I'm going to be going back and forth between that and the article. But like in one of the pictures, like the first picture of Obi-Wan Kenobi in the article, we find Obi-Wan at the beginning of our story rather broken and faithless and Mm -hmm. beaten down, somewhat given up. Like... (laughs) The angst this man is feeling. Yeah. Deborah really said break him. Show him broken. Yeah. It's gonna be it's gonna be intense. Who do you think he's talking to? Personally, I think it's Qui-Gon. Ooh. Yeah. Because if you remember, um, Qui-Gon has figured out how to communicate, not as a forest ghost, but like if you remember from I do, um, yeah the certain point of view mm-hmm. story that Claudia wrote. Um, so that would be kind of cool if Qui-Gon is kind of, like, out there in the desert with him. That would be just interesting. Because like, we haven't heard anything about that being, like, on the radar. I'd like yeah, that, though. I just think that it would be really heartbreaking if it was Qui-Gon. Yes. You know, because Qui-Gon died basically telling Obi-Wan to take care of the chosen one like be like be there for him and then obi-wan telling like qui-gon who was past like i failed yeah oh my god he really is, like in <laughs> his eyes like he failed Qui-Gon, but the angst the angst in there is good oh and his depression look like man so then we see luke um being a baby boy and playing pod racer <laughs> he really looks like Anakin. Yeah. I've seen really good memes about this, about how, like, Luke is, like, playing and Leia is, like, going to her first, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> senatorial, like, meeting. And Luke's just like, weird. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, we're building up to, you know, I just got to go to Tashi Station and pick up some power converters, so... <laughs> But um, Obi-Wan is watching Luke, and that's when we get to see, like, his depressed, um, living in the desert look. And then we hear him say, stay hidden. I'm really happy that they showed Luke in the trailer, I will say. Like, I think I think it's good that we've seen him, and it's not going to be, like, this big surprise kind of thing. What if... <laughs> what... what? What if they deep fake his face, <laughs> and it's Mark Hamill? <laughs> Oh my gosh, like they like get like a bunch of archived fo- photos of Mark Hamill when he was a kid, like from like old family albums, yeah. and they use that to deepfake. Well, remember in, um, what was it, Forces of Destiny, 
there was like a Luke episode and it, it's Mark Hamill and his voice is so deep. It's so weird. <laughs> that is, it is really weird. I just like, I really, what I'm hoping here is that we just get a ton of like Phantom Menace vibes with this young child and him just seeing Anakin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't. I also want to say that I don't get the vibe from Deb- Deborah Chow like I do with Favreau, where Favreau was like, we have to use like the best technology, but also remember when he was talking about Fantasia? Do you watch that special? Uh, maybe. So like Favreau, the reasoning why Luke looks so bad in the season two finale. Favreau, like, explained it that, like, the scene in Fantasia with Mickey and the brooms, that, like, they didn't want to, like, I don't know if he was, like, suggesting that deepfake is, like, AI and, like, they had to stay away from that because it is bad. It was weird. That's so weird. So, like. Yeah, no, I didn't watch that special. I'm like, I don't want to hear about that. It was really, it was really strange the way he put it, Um, and how he compared it to Mickey and Fantasia was weird, like, not using that power because it didn't belong to him, like, it was just really strange, so then, obviously, we all saw Luke in season, in, I was gonna say season three, but it wasn't season three, it was both, and he looked a lot better because I think they ended up hiring that person who did a good job deep faking Luke. Yeah. And now they're just doing it that yeah, way. He didn't because... look weird. He looked stiff, but he looked a lot better. Yeah. So, like, I I kind of have some faith that Deborah, Deborah Chow isn't in the same mindset as Favreau I, about that stuff. I feel like her style just seems a lot more, like, simple. And, and yeah. like, I, I feel like she doesn't have all these hang-ups about cameos. I mean, like, obviously we see the Inquisitors, mm-hmm. which we're going to talk about. But she just seems a little bit more grounded I, I was going to say, I think she seems more, like, <sighs> compatible with actors. Yes. Like, she is, like, more like, I want to get a good performance out of this actor rather than how can we deep fake someone to look like a younger version. Yeah. She's, she's very know? much like, I want that performance. I don't want the fans to just be freaking out because they recognize them. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Which, speaking of fan freaking out because we recognize them, um, Duel of the Fates starts playing. I, like, <laughs> I full-on, like, moaned when it started playing. Uh, like, I... The way they put <laughs> their whole soul into scoring just this trailer. They knew, though. They knew what they were doing. Yes. They knew, they were like, oh, we're gonna get the fans with this one. That was one. emotional it matter what manipulation. We they were like, yeah, they were like, it doesn't matter what we show them. They're gonna feel yeah, it. Yeah, no, I felt that. <laughs> I felt that. Oh, man. Um, and we, right after that, we see the base from Jedi Fallen um, Order. That was crazy. Like, I love the design of that base. Like, so the underwater. Cool. I have, like, such good memories playing Fallen Order, so I, like, had all the good vibes. It really, like, I hadn't thought about the end of Jedi Fallen Order in so long, because I always think about, like, certain parts, you know, he gets his kyber crystal, the stuff with Marin and Dathomir Mm -hmm. and all that. I don't think about the end very often. That whole section, when they're on that planet and they're on that Mm -hmm. base, is so cinematic. It is. I have, like, a few, like, like, I think both of us have a few gripes with, um, a a story choice yes. on that base, but it is shot like so beautifully. Um, and of course, that is I'm when we so get Inquisitor Cal. Cannot forget that is when we get Inquisitor Cal. Inquisitor Cal. <laughs> <laughs> this base looks amazing. I'm so glad that that's the direction they went in. They didn't like make some new base. They were literally like, no, we have the space from Jedi Fallen Order, and that's the base we're going to use. Like, that just, my heart. I'm so happy with that choice. Mm-hmm. Then we get another voice saying the key to hunting Jedi is patience. And I don't know who's saying this. It sounds like Palpatine to me, but I don't mm-hmm. know if that's true. It's not the Grand Inquisitor? It, the other voices, like the other voice after this, I think is the Grand Inquisitor, but this one just sounded so like... Oh. And it didn't say anything if you watched it with subtitles? No. Because I had to turn okay. them on to get like a certain thing at the end. I think I had just assumed it was the Grand Inquisitor, but maybe 
It is Pals. I I don't know which I would prefer. Probably the Grand Inquisitor. But, like, it doesn't bother me if it's Palpatine. If they use Palpatine, like, Rebels use Palpatine, I'm fine yeah. with it. Well, because to me, like, I feel like you can't do Inquisitors and Vader without having a little bit of Palpatine. Yeah. Like, it always comes as, like, a trio. Um, whether it's mm-hmm. comics or rebels, and this this era, you can't really avoid him. Yeah, like I, I like the way they handle everything in Rebels. So if it's along those lines, then I'm not mad at it if that's what it is. Um, but then right after this, we do get our look at the Grand Inquisitor, which everybody has seemed to have really mixed feelings on his look. I think he looks kind of funny. He does. <laughs> He, he kind of looks like he has clown makeup on. Do you remember Oscar Isaac in one of the X-Men movies? Oh, X-Men Apocalypse. Yes, that's what he looks like to yeah. me. Yeah. I don't understand why Rupert Friend's head is so round. I feel like they should have just... Because I know he's an alien, but I don't know why yeah. he couldn't just like look like a person. Because he kind of looks like a person, just like extra creepy in the show. Yeah. And I also don't understand why they're Lucasfilm is so game for doing deep faith and like enhancing people with CG. They should have done that with him a little bit. Like not like full CG face, like that but maybe a little bit of tweaking, like a little bit of digital like the shape of his head a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I've seen people point out that the way the other Jedi look in the prequels, it's, like, leaps and bounds better than, like, what we've gotten for, like, Ahsoka and, like, Cad Bane. Although, I think Cad Bane looked fine. Well, I I think that Cad Bane looks good, too. I, I have to agree with that. But, like, that's the first thing I thought. I was, like, you know, the Grand Inquisitor kind of feels like Ahsoka quality. Yeah. Like, you know, the, like, cheap-looking tendrils. Yes. That I got that vibe. I'm not sure about it. I, I don't know how much it's going to bother me, just because I don't really... He's a cool character, but, yeah. like, you know, whatever. I also wonder, like, if, you know, upon releasing this trailer, they were looking to see Grand Inquisitor reaction. Yeah. And if that they have um, changes, like, they have, like, different versions of the way he might look, and because he kind of got a negative reaction, like you know, spending the next two months fixing him a little bit. Though, like, I'm not sure how much the Grand Inquisitor is going to show his face in this show. Like, if it if it's a lot, then that's probably too much work to do in two months. That wouldn't surprise me if they kind of had that in their back pockets. I'm really feeling like he's not the main villain because he plays such a big role in Rebels, you know? Yeah. Like, I, I really think the main villain is Reva, and we'll talk about her. Yeah. So then we hear who is probably definitely the Grand Inquisitor talking, saying Jedi cannot help what they are. And while it's doing that, we see Obi-Wan riding a little train. And right after that, he says their compassion leaves a trail. That, like, hit me. I was like, oh, boy. Oof. Ooh, this is going to be, like, Revenge of the Sith novelization stuff <sighs> happening. Um just like the fact that like especially obi-wan who is like the quintessential jedi cannot like he can't help it yeah and i know that he this is his transition to ben kenobi like this is like he's like not really obi-wan now and what does that mean is he able to let go of obi-wan I saw something when you said revenge of the sith novelization it reminded me i saw something on twitter and somebody was talking, not on Twitter, it was on TikTok, and they said the same day that this came out, the bot who posts, like, the quotes from the novelization posted the quote where Obi-Wan sees Anakin, like, as Vader, like, turning into Vader, and it's, like, you know, everything that he's fought against, you know, he feels like he's truly failed and all this, and yet he still loves Anakin. Oh my god. Like, <laughs> you remember how much Revenge of the Sith novelization just, like, hits? <laughs> yeah. And, like, Anakin's not even in this trailer, and we know that he's in this show. You can feel it. Like, you can... You can't... To me, you cannot tell a story about Obi-Wan without Anakin. Mm-hmm. Like, it's kind of like how... 
I, I just feel like the prequels did such a good job of like those characters are so ingrained in each other. Like you can't tell a story without Padme without talking about Anakin. Yeah. You can't tell a story about Anakin without his thoughts and feelings for Ahsoka, for Padme, for Qui-Gon, for Obi-Wan. Like it, it's all there. Yeah. And like, I think Padme is just as important in there though. True. It's the trio. And I'm not sure that we will see Padme if like we'll have flashbacks where Padme, like Natalie Portman is in them. But like, this show needs to acknowledge her because they were friends to succeed. Yeah, I really do. I really do think that like you're gonna have Luke in there, and you're you have that presence of like her son. Padme is important. I, I wonder if it's gonna all be like that's Anakin's son, or if he will remark like that there's Padme in him because that's something that we never hear. It's never talked about. I would like absolutely die if that was something that was, like, a theme of this show. It would be so good. I would love that. Because, like, even from reading, um, I think it's Princess of Alderaan, you really see, like, how similar Leia and Anakin are. And to me, like, Luke is has more Padme in him. I just, like, love the prequels, and I just want the creators of Star Wars to love the prequels. <laughs> is that too much to ask? What a great time for Celebration, <laughs> though, because they're going to have this and... The, you know, Attack of the Clones. Yeah. I love that. I love that for us. So right after we hear their compassion leaves a trail, we see a scene where it looks like they're in, like, a town square, like, probably Moss Eisley. And there's a person hanging. Um, we see our sleigh queen, Reva, for the first time. Um, and we see her facing off with Uncle Owen. It's intense. Like, that, like, kind of imagery in Star Wars, I don't think we've seen before. I'm wondering if it's, like, an execution in the square type of thing. But we gotta talk about... We gotta talk about Reva. She looks so good. She's beautiful. They, they've they described her as, like, ambitious. You know? Like... I want to know her backstory. I want to know if she was a Padawan or a Jedi before this. I really want to know. In the article, under one of her pictures, it says that her Grand Inquisitor and Darth Vader, so they're like a dark side trio, they share a common goal. Um, They're on the same team. And what stands out the most to the actress who plays her, I think her name's Moses. Mm -hmm. Moses Ingram? Yes, Moses Ingram. What stands out the most to her about Reva is it's all heart. So she's like passionate about what she's doing. What's her backstory? Oh, angst. I, like, I wonder if, um, so, if Reva, like, what her age is. I'm, like, I'm one, I'm trying to, like, picture this. If she was a Jedi, would she be around Anakin's age? Does that make sense to you, that she would be around that age? I think so. I, I think she probably would have been, like, a knight, that kind of thing, it seems like, if she was in the Order. Yeah. I, I find myself wondering, like, if she knew Trilla, like, so, because, like, she has to be, like, you know, a whatever sister, right? Yeah, like, is she, like, third, third sister? Maybe. Like, that, I'm so interested. I'm so, fa- and I'm glad that, like, I'm sure she might have a helmet, but I'm really glad that in the trailer, like, you really just get to see her. Yeah. I'm actually really interested what her helmet looks like. Mm-hmm. I think we see it a little bit. We see people walking in the trailer, but I'm not sure. Trilla's is, like, so nice. Like, Trilla looks so I'm good. I'm so obsessed with Trilla. There was a little bit, too. So, Moses said that um, she played a key role in finalizing, like, the look of Reva, especially her hair, mm-hmm. um, which I'm obsessed with because mm-hmm. I love her it looks whole so good. look. Oh, my gosh. I will, I will say, like, when it comes to worries with Rava is, like, her being treated like Trilla. True. <laughs> that, that is, is like, a worry. one fear. That is one fear, though I think I'm less worried than other people. I, like I've said, I think that I trust Deborah Chow. I think that Star Wars overall has a really bad track record for treating women of color. Just in general, it doesn't matter if they're a villain or a hero has they have a bad track record of the way they treat them and i'm hoping that this show kind of breaks that cycle and does a better job i feel like the question comes down to like what is the arc with the inquisitors is she maybe she'll turn sides by the end like who knows Mm -hmm. 
Like, I, I would honestly love that to be, like, a lead off into her going to find, like, Cal's team and, like, joining his team. That'd be really <sighs> that interesting. Be- but I'm I'm not sure. Like, I have no idea what their intentions are yeah. with the Inquisitors. I, like, I think the answer is within what her backstory is. Yes. Like, why is she, why is she so ambitious? Why is, why does she have so much heart? Why is she so passionate about, you know, tracking down Jedi? Like what? Like what is pushing her? What's motivating her? Like Slytherin Queen. So many questions. So many questions. <laughs> uh, you also put in here Revan. Yeah, I like the first thing I thought was like Reva. That sounds like Revan. I mean, I'm into that. Is there? Yeah, like I'm like, is there some inspiration there? Like we know that Revan um, was redeemed. Well, Revan was one of those characters that could be played, you know, as male or female. So I'm like, I'm looking. I'm looking. I'm looking. The next thing we see is a neon planet called uh, Dayu. Yeah. So we are not staying on Tatooine. No. And, like, I think I saw that this planet was, like, inspired by, I want to say, like, Hong Kong. Oh, cool. Did they say? I think it was in the article. I, I'm obsessed. Honestly, I'm obsessed with everything in this trailer. But I am very happy that it doesn't take place solely on Tatooine. Because I feel like Book of Boba Fett, since we just came off of a show that was pretty much only on Tatooine. I, I want to see more of the galaxy. During that time, specifically. And, like, Fallen Order did a great job of doing that. Yes, it did. Mm-hmm. I, like, this is my favorite era in Star Wars. It's so angsty. Like, there's, like, built-in angst to this time period that, like, nowhere else has. Well, and it's so interesting because, like, the Empire is so new, but at the same time you really see, like, how it was, you know, a long time coming. Like, they were preparing for this. Yeah, Palpatine long game, though. He's just long games. Sometimes he's sometimes he's smart. Yeah, no, this planet looks absolutely beautiful. I'm excited to see Obi-Wan on it. I wonder if he's going to get, like, Coruscant vibes. I got vibes, um, Dark Disciple vibes from that planet. Ooh, yes. Like, I kind of... Because it's so gritty. Yeah. Oh, yes. And, like, I... Well, especially because in Dark Disciples, it's all about kind of, like, going undercover. Yes. Being a Jedi undercover. And it kind of... I'm looking. I'm looking. I wonder why Obi-Wan leaves the planet. Yeah, like, why does he feel like, oh, I can actually leave Luke? And there's something more important than watching Luke. Yeah. Like, something must be going on. Maybe he hears from another Jedi. Yeah, like, do you think he's going to have to save somebody else? It's like, I guess at this point, Yoda's on. Dagobah. Um, um, who else is around? Ah- Ahsoka. <laughs> I'd rather listen. Cal's doing his own thing. As much as Seer is doing her own thing. As much as I would love to see a reunion with Obi Wan and Ahsoka, I, I just don't no. want this Ahsoka. No. no, I'm tired of seeing her. I'm already tired of it. Ezra is a little kid. Kanan's out there, <sighs> but Kanan is like masking everything. Like, yeah. He was, like, really trying to cut himself off from the Force. So we finally get more voiceover, um, and it's the Grand Inquisitor again saying the Jedi Code is like an itch. He cannot help it. That is so Obi-Wan. That is so Obi-Wan. He just... The way it's like he literally cannot help being a Jedi. He cannot help being compassionate. Like, it's just who he is. You think Rail's still around? I kind of feel like if anyone was going to survive 66, it would be real. Though that was like decades, right? Decades before this. <laughs> so he might not still be there. Or there might be stormtroopers there now. I, every time I remember like how many years that book was supposed to have taken place beforehand and how old yeah. Obi-Wan is supposed to be in Phantom Menace, I just like can't. Yeah, like I just like feel like Rail would survive. He would. He would survive. He would like talk himself out of it. Yeah. So we see a new droid. I've seen a lot of people think that it's Kumail uh, Najiani from uh, Eternals. Oh. A lot of people think that he might be the droid because he has like that kind of voice that would be like really good for a droid. That's fun. Okay. I'm into that. I'm into that. Because we haven't had like a fun droid since um... Rogue One. Yes. But I was also thinking in season one of Mando because we had the um the hunter. Oh, Taika. Yeah, Taika Waititi's joke. Yeah, it was pretty funny. Yeah, we get a short glimpse of an imperial officer. 
Yeah, and she's pl- it, this uh, this Imperial officer is played by Indira Varma, who is from Game of Thrones. Look at this cast. Well, she played opposite. She played opposite of Pedro Pascal in Game of Thrones. Look at this full so, circle. So like her character looks a little ruthless. Like I'm, I'm happy that we're gonna see like Empire officials because that's something that we haven't seen yet. Yeah. Like because you know obviously Mandalorian is after the fall of the Empire. So we haven't seen this yet. They, they reserve like officials to books, and we don't necessarily ever see them in live action. And then our last voiceover says, "Where is he?" And when that happens, we go back to the clip of the Grand Inquisitor, and he activates his helicopter mode on his lightsaber. And you think he's talking about Kenobi? I feel like he's got to be talking about Obi Wan Kenobi. I I feel like. They're looking for him. I wonder how Anakin found out that he was alive. It's interesting because we get to see like the process of Vader finding out that he has kids, right? Yes. That was like a big part of the comics of um, him finding out about his son, you know? And the idea of us seeing him find out that Obi-Wan's still alive and what kind of arc that will put Vader onto because hell did... Did him finding out he had kids, like, put him on, like, this whole arc where he just, like, ignored everything else, basically? Yeah, like, the way he gets so focused. And that was even yeah. happening, so, like, we both stopped. That was, like, the Sabe, the Sabe Yeah, arc. we both stopped reading Vader. that comic, but, like, when he was learning stuff about Padme and Sabe, like, he was like, screw you, Palpatine, like, obsessed. I'm learning about this. Like, he was, like, obsessed. Yes. So I think if he hears any kind of whisper that Obi-Wan is alive, like, that is going to drive that. Do you think there will be any compassion on Vader's side? Do you think that he would want to try to get Obi-Wan to join him as an Inquisitor or... Because obviously it's not going to happen and, like, we know how their story ends. But, like, this Anakin is still so fresh off of everything that had yeah. been done to him. Well, and, and in, in that moment, he hates Obi-Wan. Right. Like, he, like, hates him. And where does that leave him now? Like, we're, like when he becomes Vader, what are his feelings towards Obi-Wan? Yeah. Like, does he still hate him? Does he still blame him for everything that happened? Because that's where he was at. He blamed him for everything. Yeah. And, like, you, you know that these... Inquisitors are going to be sent out to find Kenobi, but probably instructed not to kill him, to bring him back to Vader. (laughs) So we could have a little chit-chat. Yeah, like, there's no way that Anakin would give them the satisfaction of killing Obi-Wan Kenobi. No, it's not going to happen. No way. I bet something's going to happen, and they're going to think that, like, they killed him or he was severely injured and Vader's going to get, like, upset. And that's when Vader's going to be like, you know what, you guys can't do this. I'm going to go look for him now. Yeah. I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed. So the last few bits of this trailer, um, we see like in text, it says, between darkness and defeat, hope survives. And on hope survives, that's when we see that flock of um, what everybody's saying are convors fly out. Yeah, they look like convors. Yeah. I hope they are. What does that mean? I like slightly get the ick because I'm like floating. <laughs> I wonder like... I have a lot of questions about why Convors are there. To me, Convors do not mean Ahsoka. They mean the daughter to me. Like, yeah. they are the which light side. Like, which is a lo- gives me a lot of questions. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like, could we see, like, Mortis stuff? Yeah. That seems like a lot to also add into this show that is already yeah. very heavy. I mean, if anybody was going to do that, like, I would want Deborah to do it. But yeah. I did hear... I don't... I don't think Dave would let her. Yeah. I mean, I, I did hear, and I think this was a rumor, that, like, the original scripts were, like, too dark and too bleak, so they had to, like, go back. But, like, yeah. I would believe it, because, like, you can't tell the story about Obi-Wan and expect it to be, like, lighthearted. I kind of want it really depressing, though. Is it kind of, like, bad of me to kind of, like, wish that it was the depressing Yeah, version? I want it to be depressing. Like, there's nothing <laughs> lighthearted about Obi-Wan during this time. Like, there's just not. Like, I'm sorry, but, like, the five years, like, post Revenge of the Sith is not happy. It's not a happy time. 
other than that, we got some images. So Obi-Wan looks beautiful on the cover. We see him peeking around a corner. We see some good shots of Reva. I really want to talk about this cave. The cave. The cave. He just has like a sleeping bag. He has like a sleeping bag on himself. That's and it. The cave. This cave is haunted. Do you think that's on Tatooine? Yes. Yes. Because um, the description on the image says... Um, what Obi-Wan is a master Jedi and a master of decluttering, as evidenced by his sparse dwelling <laughs> on Tatooine, where he has set up shop to watch over a young Luke Skywalker. <laughs> so has you already been there for eight years living in a cave? I mean, has it been eight years? How long has it been? Luke looks like he's like eight. I don't know. He could be like five. I thought that they had said eight oh, years. Maybe I have making that no up. idea. I have no idea, but yeah, I mean, I guess he's just been, like, living in this cave. It could be a, a flashback, too. It could be, like, him getting there. It could be. Like, this know. was where he got when he first arrived, because he looks rough. Like, if, if this really does, now that you've said it, um, when he talks to Qui-Gon in, from a certain point of view, like, he talks to him in the cave, doesn't he? Oh, I don't remember. I, I have to reread so. it. So, like, I could, I could see something like that happen here. I wonder if we're going to see him, like, dreaming about Anakin. I hope so. Like, having nightmares. Like, I really want to see Hayden. Like, I want to see Hayden. Yeah, I don't want to just see Vader. I want to see... Anakin. I want to see Anakin. The last thing I want to mention is that there was another article talking specifically about Hayden coming back as Darth Vader. And... Ewan said that when Darth Vader showed up on the set, it was, like, the ultimate embrace of the prequels. And I was just so happy to hear that. It's interesting that he associates Darth Vader with the prequels. Yes. And I love that. Yes. I I like that vibe. Because Darth Vader shows up, like, at the very end, and he's still like, nah, prequels love. He also says that Obi-Wan is a broken man after what happened within the Jedi Order at the end of Episode 3, but also what happened with Anakin, that he lost him to the dark side. He feels an enormous amount of responsibility for of that. Of course he and does. And guilt. Of course he does. Oh, so good. The the way this is going to parallel Seer and Trella. Whew. Oh, man. Like, Seer was in a bad place with her guilt. Seer was so guilty about what happened to Trilla. And and I feel like that's kind of where we're at with masters being torn apart from their Padawans and their partners, like, within this. Like, the, the ones who survived. Yeah. Like, if they were torn apart, you know... A lot of them were lost to the dark side, and they're being tortured by the Inquisitors. Yeah, like, that's really interesting, like, how many pairs were torn apart, because <sighs> we know of two of them. Yeah, well, and then we know, like, with Cal and Kanan, like, their masters were killed, and they were left, you know, alone and on the run, yeah. and they were just Padawans. This is so much. This is so much, and I'm so happy about this. And we are getting so close. This comes out on May 25th, doesn't it? Yeah, celebration. Wow. And this is going to be a six episode series? It's a limited series. Oh, it's limited. Yeah, it's a limited series. I did see something recently say that there was consideration for season two though. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. The the trailer does say limited. Okay. I do like hearing limited. Hopefully the story's tight. That's what that means. Yeah. To me that says like tight pacing. Which, I mean, that's what we were expecting with Book of Boba Fett. We didn't really get that. But I feel like there's not a ton of room for deviation with this. Just depends on what kind of story they're telling. (laughs) Yeah. I I have a lot of hope for this. I'm trying to still keep my expectations low. Yeah. I feel like I've been disappointed so many times that I'm not where I was when I saw Tross. I've... That hurt me so much that it makes it impossible for me to be that hyped yes. for Star Wars ever again. Because now there's so. always that, like, that possibility that it could happen. Yeah. <laughs> Just keeps it realistic. Well, is there anything else about Kenobi that you want to mention? No. I'm so excited. It's going to be so, so good. 
We're getting very close to this. Um, we're also getting very close to books. So Brotherhood will be out a couple of weeks before this. That is the Anakin and Obi-Wan book. That'll be out May 5th. I wonder if it's going to be like a tie-in in any kind of way. Mm-hmm. I am really looking. I'm very, very excited. Looks like the rest of March and April are going to be pretty quiet. But I am, I'm so excited. Well, Moon Knight's starting soon. I know that's Marvel, but... That's true. We do have that. Yes, we do. We do have that. Anyway, if you would like to keep this conversation going, you can find us pretty much always on Twitter at lip underscore lightsabers. I am at McCarter Shannon, and Alex is at Alex Leonis, and we will see you guys next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>